0: Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Evan Wolf, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. We're going to spend today's edition focused on the major cybersecurity campaign that's headline news at the moment. To guide us through that conversation is Evan Wolf, who is one of my partners at Kroll & Mooring. He co-chairs the firm's privacy and cyber group. And prior to entering private practice, Evan served in senior capacities at Department of Homeland Security, where he was deeply involved in cyber matters. So Evan, let's start with the basics. Tell us what we know right now about this really major event and incident that's unfolding.
1: Yeah, thank you, Peter. And I agree. This I will say, as of uh, this morning, I would say this is one of the most consequential breaches that, that may have occurred in the U.S. government, similar to the events that happened in Midnight May's back in the, in the late 90s, because the scope of the companies and government agencies involved. Right now, we know that and what happened is a, a software company called SolarWind has a product called Orion that's being used by over 300,000 organizations. Some of them are federal agencies such as Department of Homeland Security, Treasury and Commerce, and many of them are companies. SolarWind has identified that of the 300,000 companies that they have, over 18,000 have been impacted by the malware event. And what happened is in March of this year, SolarWinds environment was accessed by what is alleged to be the Russian SVR intelligence, so civil intelligence service, and they created a backdoor into their network and and then created a backdoor into an injected code that was delivered into the customer environments. So this creates an open access for the Russian intelligence division for SVR into any of the companies that are using this Orion software. And that's why it's so significant because, first of all, the length of time that this occurred, which the two software updates were in, in March and June. And so access could have happened from any of those two time periods and could be persistent right now And the amount of, of companies involved.
0: Got it. So Evan, we've heard also about FireEye as well. So can you help us understand the interconnectedness between solar wind, FireEye, how does that all sort of tie together? Is it one thing? Is it different things?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Peter. So what, what happened is this event started with FireEye really being a very responsible actor and, and disclosing that their network was accessed by, and they didn't identify who it is, but we all believe it to be the same threat actor, this uh, Russian civil intelligence unit. And certain specific tools, what are called red teaming, which are tools that they use when they're performing offensive testing of, of organizational networks, those tools were, were stolen. And so they disclosed it right away. They started an investigation. They provided many countermeasures to the fact that those tools were now out in the open. And then during that investigation, what it is once again, it believed that that access began with uh, SolarWind access. And that's what led us. And that's how, that's how they're connected. And, and once again, we're still on early, early stages, but that's, that's sort of what we understand today. And, and that's what led to the broader investigation that led us to the understanding that Department of Homeland Security and these other federal agencies and commercial companies were accessed, which led to DHS issuing this binding directive.
0: So let's, why don't you talk for a minute about that binding directive? Because that, I think, is a really helpful overlay as we think about some of these other issues and what companies should be doing about it.
1: Yeah, you know, DHS is getting new at issuing these binding directives, but this was, I think, a very strong move on DHS's part and that, and that what they are telling federal agencies that are directly in, and companies that are providing services to federal agencies that have to follow these binding directives, that if they are running Orion, this SolarWinds software, that they should take it down immediately, isolate the systems that we're running it on, and then create a forensic backup because the idea behind that directive is that if you're the likelihood of there being an impact or access based on you running the software is so high that they want you to take immediate action. And that just demonstrates the severity of what's going on. And even though it doesn't apply directly to the private sector, many in the private sector are and
0: should be following that same guidance. So for our listeners, can you just describe what Solar Wind is? how do companies know if they're using it? How many companies are really likely impacted? Just give us a sense of some of the basics of that.
1: That's great. Sorry for not explaining that earlier. And SolarWinds is a it's a really useful software that helps you with IT management. What it, and it's, it's been used across industry for some time, and it really is pervasive. And what it does is it allows you to identify different aspects of your network infrastructure, such as servers and routers and endpoints and, and make sure that you understand and map and continually identify what is inside of your network. So that's the purpose of it. This is, and this creates one of my favorite moments as a cyber lawyer is that, you know, what should be happening now at every company is a healthy dialogue between legal and your IT department where they are discussing whether or not they use any of the solar wind software that's called Orion. And there's specific versions of Orion. That you should worry about. If you want to know, there's a on the DHS CISA or Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has issued both the binding directive and and has listed some important information, such as indicators and and also what versions of of the software you should be focused on. But if you're running that version of the software, you should, uh, and this is what DHS has, has been saying, you should assume that your network has been compromised and begin an internal investigation. Sometimes they're called hunt teams into identifying whether or not you still have, whether you've had or still have third-party access to
0: your network. So many of our listeners are government contractors, do business with the federal government under many different types of contracts, different agencies doing different types of work. For those listeners who are government contractors, what specifically should companies be thinking about? What are the particular considerations?
1: Yeah. So here, I really, I think in, the, in your investigation, I think I would recommend that you take sort of the onion ring approach. And it's lunchtime, so I'll use the onion ring. And at the internal is, first of all, are you using Orion on your network or on your systems? And do you have any risk associated with using it yourself? The second ring out would be around, are you using it on any customer systems? Are you a contractor to DHS or commerce? And, and therefore, are you involved? And do you have any risk? And then the third is, are any of your vendors or on any of the contracts you have of your suppliers, are they using Orion? Because each one of those, and, and once again, it's why they're sort of concentric is that the most sort of concerning or the most risky issue would be if it's being run on your network and moving on out. And that's, that's how companies that we work with that are impacted by this compromise are, are focused. And that's how, I think, how companies should be thinking about it. If you're a government contractor, along with reviewing your contracts to make sure that you what are your disclosure obligations? If you're a DOD contractor, you should be worrying about the DFAR seventy twelve and the new seventy, twenty and twenty-one clauses and and if you're FAR-based contracts, look for what are your data privacy and reporting obligations.
0: Great. Evan, last question for you. What's your sense of how long it's going to take for the government contractors to understand the full ramifications of this incident? Give us a sense for really what we're thinking about in terms of trajectory of this.
1: I think we're going to be talking about this incident for months and and even years, similar to how we have some of the other significant incidents that have affected government. While we are able to very clearly identify or, or confidently talk about our election and what we were able to do to protect and have a safe and secure election, this demonstrates that there are nation states, especially nation states that we consider to be advanced persistent threat actors like Russia that are very focused on accessing US government and will use any mechanism they can. And every company should take the understanding that no one is immune from these types of attacks. And But this is going to be a, a long-term investigation, both from the government and it's something that the incoming administration is going to have to focus on because we don't know what the damage and potential impact of this assessment is yet. We're, we're just in the early days.
0: Great. Right. Evan, that's very helpful. And I do agree that we're going to be talking about this for some time to come. So Thank you so much for joining us today. And with that, we will close out. This has been The Fastest 5 Minutes brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about this, I can be reached at 202-624-2807. And feel free to reach out to Evan Wolf at 202-624-2615. Thank you so much for listening and be well. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Croll & Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com govconpodcast.